This is Reverend Nessie of New Birth Ministries. God bless you. Hallelujah. Today is Sunday, August 22nd, 2021, and God is still good and still sitting high on the throne. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. God's been good to us. We woke up this morning, and I thank him every day. His angels watched over me while I was sleeping and woke me up another day. Hallelujah. You don't realize the battles that go on in the spirit world while you are sleeping, while you are comfortable, while you are resting. Amen. God has his angels fighting for you. So pray for your angels. Pray to Jesus. Thank him with all of your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. Hope all is well with you. And if it seems not to be going so, you know, Bless your day yourself. God lives in you. You are the new ark. Start blessing your day, your people, your finances, your health, your jobs, your vehicles, your home. Start blessing things. You have the power to do it. We have to learn as God's people to stop begging. Amen. God doesn't want us to beg. He wants you to do what he said in his word you can do. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's already there. As Andrew Womack said in his new book, it's you've already got it. Amen. It's already there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to open up with prayer. Father God, I love you. You are so awesome. We give you all the glory and the praise. We thank you. We're not going to keep anything to ourselves when we see and we know that you are in operation in our lives. We are going to give you all the glory and all the praise. We are going to continue to plant seeds in the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. And the more we plant seeds in the kingdom of heaven, the more we ask God that you send reasons for us to do so. People who need prayer, people who need help in various ways, cause us to be their help. Right now, there are things going on all around the world with uh, Haiti, Afghanistan. Lord, we see the things that are happening, that people are falling out of airplanes trying to get away from their natural homes where they were born and raised. Things are getting so bad, people know that you have blessed America and they are trying to get to our country. Father God, I pray that these people give their hearts to Jesus and start understanding that he is saving them from sin, hell, and death. And they need not to go to hell when their days on this earth are over. We're lifting up also everyone else that needs prayer, Spoken and unspoken, known and unknown. We want to stand in a gap for those that need prayer. And we thank you for the opportunity to do so. So Holy Spirit, use me today and say something that somebody somewhere needs to hear. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Keep Haiti, um, Afghanistan, and not just them. There's other places. There, still California. California is still uh, burning. 
Uh, keep people around the world in prayer. I know that a lot of us have pretty decent lives, and we're while we're swimming in our swimming pools and spending our money and going to casinos and listening to music, going to concerts and watching cable TV, whatever, there are people around the world who cannot eat. They don't have any food. Mothers are having babies, and the babies are dying because they don't have help to have the baby. Uh, there are children who are being raped and abused and used. We need to pray for people all around the world. Amen. Hallelujah. So, what I would like to do is, um, I'm going to talk about Be Salty. Amen. Hallelujah. That is the title of today's word. Be Salty. I'm telling you today, Be Salty. Amen. Usually, uh, whenever people use that term, it's negative. It's used in a negative connotation. Be salty. Oh, he was salty. She was salty. You know, I, I said something to her and she got salty about it, you know. And that's usually used in a negative connotation. But today we're going to come up with a few different ways, amen, a few connotations about the word salty. What does God say about you and salt? <laughs> Just simply put, what does the word say about you and salt, amen? Hallelujah. Now, there's a few... Um, I'm going to take this from a few different scriptures, okay, if you want to write them down, all right, and the first one being Genesis 19.26, amen, let me go to Genesis 19.26, when you are looking at Genesis 19.23 to 29, it describes Uh, when God destroyed Sodom. And it says, The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zor. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up in the morning uh, to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And beheld, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot, uh, in which, in the which Lot dwelt. So, when Lot and his wife and his family was told to leave, they were told, don't look back. How many times when we leave horrible situations, we still look back? Once God has delivered you, and once God has sent you to a better place, just don't look back back. Amen. Okay. There's no reason to look back. If God's delivering you to a better place, why are you looking back? That just signals to him that you miss the old ways. You miss the old times. His wife was so concerned about the city and what they used to have and probably their neighbors and their neighborhood or their belongings or whatever, that she just was tempted and did it. Turned around, went against God's word. And when she looked back, she turned to a pillar of salt. 
Amen. A pillar of salt. Not able to do another thing. Not able to help anybody else. Amen. Nothing. She was of no good except for animals, maybe, to, to lick animals and bugs or whatever. She's no good to no more souls, no more human beings. And you don't want to be that way. Amen? You want to be salty, but you want to be the salt of the earth. You want to be the kind of salt. What does salt do? Salt flavors. You want to be the flavor in somebody else's food. Amen. Especially speaking spiritually here. You want a flavor. You want to be the flavor of someone else's food. If somebody can't understand the word, they should be able to come to you and ask you for help and you can explain the word to them and help them, even if it's just a little bit. Because we're all on different spiritual planes anyway. Amen. Be the proper salt. Amen. Do you know salt was so important? Salt is. And always has been so important that years ago, I want to say the 1600s or 1700s, 1800s, the pe people used to have um, salt pillars. Little, um, I forget what they called them. They would put salt in them, and they were very, very important. That's where the salt shaker came from. I don't know if you saw the version or not, but even on one of my favorite shows, Frasier, on TV, an old friend comes to visit him, but it turns out he's a thief, and he stole his salt cellar. Some of you may remember that. They were actually called salt cellars. C-E-L-L-A-R. And some of them are gorgeous. Some of them are made out of gold. This is how important salt was in the day. Some are made out of glass, gold, silver, crystal. The word salt cellar is attested in English from the 15th century. It combines the English word salt with the Anglo-Norman word sailor, S-A-L-E-R, which already by itself meant salt container. Salt cellars are known in various forms by assorted names, including open salt, salt dip, standing salt, master salt, and salt dish. So as you can see, salt plays an important part in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. Salt plays an important part. And don't you want to play an important part in your life and in the lives of others? Amen? I know I do. I just don't want to live and then die and have Jesus come back and then we're judged. And No, I want to do everything I can for the kingdom of heaven. I want to be a good representation of the kingdom of heaven. I want to have some flavor. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now let's look at Leviticus 2.13. 2, uh, uh, in any offering of the Lord made by fire. And let me tell you, leaven means sin. Leaven is a sign of sin. This is why when you take communion, you are not to take it with um, alcohol, an alcoholic beverage. So, okay, some people do. Okay, but if it has leaven in it, yeast, okay, and if it has anything else in it made by man, it is a signal, a sign of sin. And then verse 12 says, As for the oblation of the first fruits, ye shall offer them unto the Lord, but they shall not be burnt 
on the altar for a sweet savor. And then Leviticus 12, uh, 2.13 says, And every oblation of thy meat offering shalt thou season <laughs> with salt. Neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering. With all thine offerings thou shalt offer salt. Amen. Offer salt. Meat and salt. Salt flavors the meat. Just like you flavor your neighborhood. You flavor, you are the flavor of your job. And you might even be the flavor of your own family. Amen. Now let's go to Numbers 18, 19. Amen. Numbers 18, 19. All right, always you always want to bless someone. And it says, All the heave offerings of the holy things which the children of Israel offer unto the Lord have I given thee, and thy sons and thy daughters with thee by statute forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord unto thee and to thy seed with thee. They made covenants. Of salt, God made covenants of salt. Salt is important, and do you know salt was also used in various countries, actually, as uh, money. As money, when it, when you went to someone's house or something, and let's say, uh, or somebody came to your house and you had, uh, you know, sugar or something that they needed at the time, maybe a chair or whatever, they would they, they would carry bags. Okay, little bags around their waist or whatever, and or their arms, shoulder, like we do today. And the person would put take salt out of their bag and put it into your bag. And your bag would be heavier, which meant you were richer at that time than they were. Salt, God made salt covenants. Amen? 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. And I'll start with, this is also, we're reading up about salt in the Bible. Elisha succeeds Elijah. Amen. And it says, and when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. This shows reverence. Okay, this shows reverence. They, that's where people get the word reverend. Reverend Essie, Reverend Susie, Reverend John, you know, Reverend Jones. That's where they get it from. Whether it's the first name or last name, whoever, however people, you know, prefer. Amen. You show reverence. Okay, it's not that they're trying to be better than anybody or anything. You're just respecting them. Amen. And 2 Kings 2.16 says, And they said unto him, Behold, now there be with thy servants fifty strong men. Let them go, we pray thee, and seek thy master, lest peradventure the Spirit of the Lord hath taken him up, and cast him upon some mountain or in some valley. And he said, Ye shall not send. Okay? And when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, Send. They sent therefore 50 men, and they sought three days, but found him not. Okay, this is when they're looking for Elijah. And when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, send. Okay, and, and uh, verse 18 says, and when they came again to him 
for he tarried at Jericho, he said unto him, did I not say unto you, don't go? In other words, you know, go not, don't go. And verse 19 says, and the men of the city said to Elisha, behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord seeth, but the water is not and the ground barren. And he said, bring me a new cruise and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And listen to this, right? These are things what salt can do if used properly. Amen. And he went and he went forth unto the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there and said, Thus said the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. Salt healed the waters. You can use salt for healing. People today still do it. When babies are born, um, when they put the swaddling clothes, I'm sure you've heard of the term, they put babies in swaddling clothes. That means that they cleaned the baby off and they patted the baby down with salt all around the body. They put salt around the baby's body and then wrapped little strips around the baby's body. <coughs> Amen. And that, that was called put, putting a baby in swaddling clothes. And what it does is the salt toughens up the baby's skin to be able to take things better. Amen. And now Ezra 6, 9. Okay. Write down Ezra 6, 9. Hallelujah. We're talking about, this is the decree of Darius. And I'll start with 6, 7 and read up to 9. And it says, let the work of this house of God alone let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God in his place. Moreover, I make a decree what ye shall do to the elders of these Jews for the building of this house of God, that of the king's goods, even of the tribute beyond the river, forwith expenses be given unto these men, that they be not hindered. In other words, whatever they're doing, stay out of the way. Amen. Hallelujah. And 6 9 says, Ezra 6 9 says, and that which they need of, have need of, both young bullocks and rams and lambs for the burnt offerings of the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, and oil, according to the appointment of the priests which are in Jerusalem, let it be given them day by day without fail. Now, salt was very important then. All right, with the building of God's house, with the building of the temple, salt was very important. Salt is named among wheat and wine and oil. Amen. Usually you hear about, uh, you know, um, uh, wheat. You, you hear about um, oil, which is the anointing. You hear about wine, which is joy. You hear about corn, which is the food. Now we're hearing about salt which is the flavor. Amen. You ever see sometimes when you boil corn, some people put sugar in the water, but most of the people I know put salt in the water. Amen. Salt flavors. So now we, we, we could say corn, uh, corn, wine, oil, and salt. Amen. Salt is important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And lastly, we will talk about Luke 17. The coming of the kingdom, Luke 17. This is when Jesus was telling people about the coming of the kingdom. 
Amen. And he st- I'll start with Luke 17, 20. And it says, and when he, would, when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and said, everybody says, okay, Jesus, when is this kingdom coming? When is kingdom of God coming? And he said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. So in other words, you could look and look and look all you want to. No man knows when it's coming. Okay, without observation. Neither shall they say, lo, here, or lo, there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. You don't have to look here and look there. It's the, the kingdom of the kingdom of God is in you, lives in you. You have one third of the triune God living inside of you, which is who? The Holy Spirit. Heaven lives in you. Oh my Lord Jesus. And he goes on to say, and he said to the disciples, the days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, see here, or see there, go not after them, don't follow them either. For as the lightning the, the lighteth, that lighteth out of the one part of heaven shineth unto the other part of heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. So Jesus is saying, when I come back, everybody's going to see me. Everybody's going to see me. This is not going to be a private party. <laughs> Amen. So, you, you ever see how lightning shines? Lightning, well, it, it'll, it'll shine in, in where you live at, but you can also see it like miles away. Everybody's going to get to see him. And he says, but first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They didn't, they ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. They didn't want to listen to the man of God. They didn't want to listen to Noah. Noah was a righteous man of God, the Bible says, and they didn't listen. And they all died because of the flood. And then it says, in Luke 17, 28, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded, just like we're doing today. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. The same day. It wasn't on the agenda. Nobody knew it was going to happen, and neither do we. We do, Lot didn't know. We, didn't, we don't know it. And it says, uh, uh, fire from heaven destroyed them all. Luke 17, 30 says, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And 17, 31 says, in that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. And then he says three words, one of the shortest um, uh, Sentences in the Bible besides Jesus wept. Amen. He says, Luke 17, 32, remember Lot's wife. He's giving us, he's giving a heads up. He's saying, remember Lot's wife. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. Amen. This woman turned around, was concerned about the past are you concerned about your past? Some of us ride it 
and ride it and ride it. And God forbid somebody should bring up something about our past because we go stick our heads in the sand and try to hide away from the world because somebody brought something up about our past. Well, let me tell you something. If you've had a 180, if you've had a change, you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you got bold, like he says in the word, be bold and be strong, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Jesus is telling you, I am going to speak for you. The Holy Spirit's going to tell you what to say to any man that asks of you, anybody that has anything to say to you. I will answer them through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I've gotten to the point myself, and I thank God for it, because I used to be a man pleaser. I Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, whatever you want, ma'am. I did anything for anybody. Made a fool out of myself to help other people, and nobody helped me. God was always there. There were some people that helped me in my life, but not the way God does. Sometimes people do something for you, and sometimes people will want the recognition for it. <laughs> and if you don't give them the recognition for it, you lost what you thought was a friend. Amen. And then sometimes people will help you out of love because they love the Lord and they know you need help at the time. That's good. God bless them. Amen. But God was the only one that was there for me the whole time. And I, was, I had a lady tell me one time, and she told me, she said, Esther, she said, you're an awesome preacher. She said, but I'm going to tell you one thing. She said, I'll tell you what your problem is. You worry too much about what people say about you. And you want something that, that what you want something? That woman told the truth. And from that time on, I think that was around 2006. Oh, let me think. No. 2000. I want to say 2009, maybe. And from that time on, I stopped. I totally quit. I said, look, I can't walk the fence. I can't please man and please God at the same time. God has to come first. And I've been pleasing God ever since. People say, ooh, see, well, I wouldn't say that. Oh, you, If I was you, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't tell anybody that. I don't care. There are some things God wants you to keep between him and you. But you cannot have Fear and serve the kingdom of heaven at the same time. That's why we have so many preachers right now scared to death to testify because they don't want anybody to know their business. They don't want anybody to know their past. I could care less about my past. If my past was that good, I'd be doing better and God wouldn't have had to step in and help me. I needed him. I needed him. I could care less about my past. Let him who was without sin cast the first stone. Everybody somewhere. I don't care how high you are or how low you look down your nose at other people. I don't care how low you think you are, the lowest man on a totem pole. Everybody has done something wrong. Everybody has sinned. You might get those ones that don't act like they sin. But trust me, if they didn't sin... We wouldn't need Jesus. Amen? I could care less about my past. And you know what I found out about it? The majority of what I've been hearing about my past is a lie anyway. People lie on you. Especially if you're in a minister of the Most High God, people will find something to say about you. I've had people turn their backs on me because some crazy person somewhere said something that was totally wrong about me and they believed it. You think I want them as my friend? I don't want a friend that's going to listen to what everybody else has to say about me instead of coming to me and asking me about it. 
I've had people say some nasty stuff, and so have you. I'm not the only one. This happens to believers. It happens to us. When you hear that somebody has said something horrible about you, don't pay any attention to it because, hi, you are the salt of the earth, and without you, they will have, mm, my Jesus, nobody would have flavor. Your neighborhood wouldn't have flavor. Your family wouldn't have flavor. Your kids wouldn't have flavor. Your job wouldn't have flavor. Your bank account wouldn't have it. The people around you wouldn't have it. You are. They better stop worrying, stop worrying about your past and start concerning, concerning themselves about how they can get blessed with you. Amen. The Bible calls uh, uh, the, the, uh, the devil, okay, the accuser of the brethren. And that's what he does. He takes old stuff because he knows it's going to bother us, some of us. He takes old stuff, shows it to somebody, or has somebody open up their mouth and tell it. People, do you realize the stuff that people are telling on us is 40 years old, 25 years old, 60 years old, and they're still telling that same old dried up story. And it's not, you know, I don't believe them as, I don't blame them as much as I blame the people to listen to it. You, amen? Amen. They're still telling the same dried up story, hoping that you go to bed at night crying. I will not cry ever again about anything in my past because Jesus is my he's my present and he's my future and I love it and I wouldn't have it any other way amen are you saved are you saved you have Jesus as your savior if you don't have Jesus as your savior savior, savior right now you've lost your savior you don't you can't flavor up anything. You're not the flavor. You can laugh all you want to, crack as many jokes as you want to. You are not the flavor. Spiritually speaking, you're dead. You might make people laugh. People might like to see you at parties. They might invite you here and there, go out with you to eat with you or whatever, but no, there you cannot offer them anything that would save them in the future. You have to become the salt of the earth. You have to be the one that flavors. Everybody's looking for it. How's about becoming it? Everybody's looking for flavor and don't want to be the flavor. Amen? Everybody's looking for favor and don't want to give a favor. If you're not saved, just say this. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repeat. I repent of my sins. I denounce everything evil that I did up to this time. I need you. I want you as my Savior. I believe you died on a cross and rose three days later just for me. And I thank you for that. I love you, Jesus. Teach me your ways. Hallelujah and amen. Amen. And if you just said that, God bless you. Now go find a Bible-believing, tongue-talking church that's going to teach you all about Jesus and teach you about the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. And, and you know, the people that know the winds, wares, wise, hows. Amen. Of the Bible. Hallelujah. And people that know the true word of God. People who have learned the word of churches who have learned the word of God through the Holy Spirit and not through man, not through their own thoughts or, or, or their own will or their own emotions. People who hear God. Amen. Find a church that truly hears God. Amen.
Welcome to the family of God. Amen. God bless you. God, for everything that you did before this time, God has forgotten it as far as the East is from the West. Is that beautiful or what? It's all gone. Your board is, your, your, your slate is wiped clean. Do a 180, start all over, and this time, be the salt. Don't sit back and watch other people. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Okay? Be zealous. Be the salt. Be the one that makes people smile. And if you have days when you can't smile, call on Jesus. He's now your best friend. Amen? Call on Jesus. He will be there to help you. Amen. God bless you and keep you. God make his face to shine upon you and give you his countenance. When people look at you, may they see that there's been some kind of change. They can't put their finger on it, but there's some kind of change there. May God give you his grace, his mercy, and his peace. Amen. Go in peace and to God be the glory for the things he had done he has done. Amen. Reverend Essie signing off. And until next time, remember Jesus is Lord. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. And to some of you, thanks for watching. Amen.